there and welcome to Unleash Your Creative Magic. It's absolutely amazing to have you here. I'm your host Helen Pfeiffer, a published writer of 17 crime novels, both traditionally and indie published, and I'm here to talk to you about the magic of writing, unleashing your creativity and how to set yourself free from being stuck inside the writer's closet. I'd like to share my journey with you from that initial idea for a book to where I am now and all the very messy stuff in between the highs, the lows, and the fuck me, this is impossible moments. I hope that somewhere along the way, this podcast might be of some use to you. You might even find some inspiration lurking in here. So grab yourself a coffee and come and join me on the writer's couch as we dive right into living your best creative life. How are you, my writing friends? I hope you've had the best inspirational, motivational week ever and that the words have flowed endlessly and you're loving what you're writing. This week I'm going to share some of my favourite things to do when I need to take a break from it all. And excuse my voice, it's a little bit hoarse. It's great to be back and I never imagined I could love writing and recording these podcasts as much as I do. It just goes to show there's a whole world of untapped opportunities out there waiting for us to discover, if only we're brave enough to take the first steps. I mentioned last week about going to watch the sunset over at the beach for the summer solstice. And let me tell you, we got there and by the time we got Jamie's wheelchair out of the car and walked along the path to the beach, a huge bank of clouds appeared hiding the sun. But it didn't matter because the sea was in and you could hear the waves gently lapping at the shore. It was warm and there was hardly anyone around. In fact, it was a pretty perfect evening. We walked along the path for some time. The moon was in the sky in one direction and when we turned back, the sun was just peeking below the thick bank of clouds and it was literally on fire. I was genuinely awestruck, watching this red ball emerge below the clouds as it was setting over the horizon. But once in my life, my camera battery was fully charged and I managed to take the most amazing, well amazing for me because my photography skills leave a lot to be desired, and I managed to capture photographs of the setting sun as well as some dope ones of Jamie and Steve. It was like watching a mini miracle happen in front of my eyes and it was what I can only describe as an actual soul-soothing moment in my life. I felt so in awe of nature's beauty. The fact that I was unable to drive only a few minutes away to be able to witness this was wonderful and something I completely take for granted. As I drove home, I got to thinking about how I felt on a deeper level, just being out in the fresh air watching the sunset and thinking about nothing except how glorious it was. All the stresses, worries and usual non-stop chatter in my mind was actually well behaved and shushed itself to give my brain a breather. We all need a breather now and again. So I thought I'd share with you some tips to help you take a little time out for yourself, especially if you're busy working, looking after your family and any other commitments and trying to fight in the right, trying to fit, not fight, the writing in as well. Is your writing your passion, your day job or a side hustle? I suppose it depends on what it is to you. And we're all different and we all have different circumstances. My writing was and will always be my passion. But once I got an actual contract from a publisher, it took on a very different meaning for me. Suddenly I was contracted to provide the stories I'd written about and my hobby was catapulted from something I did entirely for pleasure to a fully-fledged side hustle because I was working full-time as well. And it's wonderful being offered a publishing contract, it really, really is. And it's what dreams are made of. But it does require a lot of commitment. And I realised that I could no longer dawdle along writing whenever I felt like it. 
Suddenly I had a really lovely editor who was waiting for me to produce a story she could work with. Now that's quite a lot of pressure, so I suppose my writing took on a deeper purpose and suddenly the looming deadlines when I didn't have a bloody clue what book two was going to be about were very scary. I mean, come on, it took me a good eight years messing around with my first book and they wanted a first draft of the next book in 12 weeks. Yeah, 12 weeks. I'll talk about second book syndrome in another episode because it's a very real thing and it's one that everybody goes through. But once you start writing to such strict deadlines, your passion kind of turns into purpose, which took away a lot of the enjoyment for me. And this is exactly why you need to find a way to take a break and do something for yourself to spend some time nourishing your soul. So number one, and this is my top tip for everything, not just writing, for everything you do in life. My go-to every time I'm stressed and the nights that I'm awake and can't switch my brain off to go back to sleep is hands down meditation. I first discovered it around three years ago and I've spent an awful long time struggling with liking myself and it stems from my childhood and always feeling ashamed of my body. But that's a whole other podcast. Basically, I decided to give myself a break and work on my self-confidence. And I thought I would try spending a year loving myself for a change instead of always feeling down about what I saw in the mirror. It was hard, but it really was the most wonderful, fulfilling year of my life. I tried all sorts. I tried meditation, yoga, crystal healing, massage, EFT tapping, and I loved learning about them all. In fact, after the last 18 months of everyone's lives, I can't recommend any of these enough to help you feel better. Take note, Pfeiffer, you need to revisit some of these too and get yourself out of the funk you're currently in. With meditation, I joined a class because I didn't have a clue about it. And boy, did I fall in love with my small group of meditation ladies. They are the nicest bunch of most supportive people I could ever wish to fall asleep in public with. And led by an amazing meditation teacher called Helen Wilson, who holds her classes by Zoom now. And I'll link her page in the show notes if you're interested. I also subscribe to Jessica Snow, who has meditations for everything on her website. She has three ones each month, which are fab. I'll link her website too. And if you're on Instagram, then Vicky Gad has some wonderful meditations on her Instagram TV. There are also many different ones on YouTube. Finally, the last three months, I've been lucky enough to work, be a part of a wonderful group of women led by the effervescent Joe Ripley. Honestly, I have never met anyone who feels such good vibes from their soul like Jo does. It's been a pleasure getting to know her and being a part of her group. She runs a magical morning monthly group where she goes live in the group at 6am every day and we do a meditation and set our intentions for the day. It really is an amazing way to start your day. And if you need a little daily dose of inspiration, then please take a moment to check out her Facebook group, Soul and Moon Rising, which I'll also link in the notes. Meditation for me is a chance to give all the circuits in my brain a time to switch off from their overworked wiring. By taking five or ten minutes any time of the day when you need it the most and listening to a guided meditation, you will feel like a new person, honestly trust me. Once you start, you'll find yourself loving it more every time you do it. Some days all I can do is focus on my breathing and others I'll find myself drifting off into some otherworldly slumber it's like nothing I can describe because you're there, but you're not. And sometimes you have the most amazing dreamlike visions and others you go into a deep meditative sleep. And yes, 
I can't tell you the number of times I've lain there on a yoga mat with a blanket over me, a lavender wheat bag across my eyes, and jolted myself back to reality with a snore so loud Peppa Pig's dad would be immensely proud of. But what a lovely place to be. So relaxed and rested, I would drive home in a bit of a daze and fall into bed, and I can guarantee that after my Wednesday night meditation class, I would go home and have the best night's sleep of the entire week. So yeah, I highly recommend it as a way to relax, and to take some time out for yourself. And the best thing is, you can do it for free with no cost involved. Tip number two, step away from your desk and take a walk outside. Get some fresh air. Even just sitting on your doorstep and taking five minutes is good for your soul. A few deep breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth is literally the most calming thing ever. Before I began meditating, the only time I'd ever used deep breathing was when I was in labour trying to breathe through the contractions and my youngest kid is now 24, so it's been quite a while since I'd tried that. Even if you don't have the time to go and take in a breath of fresh air, you can do it sitting at your desk. Close your eyes and take a long deep breath in. Now try and hold it for four seconds before breathing out through your mouth, slowly. Now I find myself taking deep breaths whenever I'm stressed, and it works, it really does. Plus, it stops me from reaching out and wrapping my hands around whoever it is that's stressing me out's throat. (laughs) I'm only kidding. Now unfortunately for me, I don't really enjoy exercise, except for swimming, I do quite like that when I can be bothered to go to the pool. In fact, I've just booked on the app to go in the morning because I've only just reminded myself how much I do like it. So I'm not telling you to go out for a run. I definitely can't with these knees. My running days are long gone, which when they were, it, they were very short-lived anyway, and it was around 10 years ago. And I think I lasted a couple of months before I give up. But anything that gets you outside in nature and preferably away from all the technology can only be a good thing. The problem with the scenario is, or that scenario is, we all need to take our phones with us so we can capture the perfect photo of the sun, the moon, the trees, the beach, the woods, the pavements, the park, or wherever wherever it is we're walking. After all, it's great to document our every living, breathing moment, isn't it? Or is it? Should we be stepping away from all technology to just to give your brain a rest and a chance to reset itself? Well, I would say in a perfect world, yes. Just to take a breather from the constant pressure being glued to our phones gives to us. And yeah, this is something I need to do completely. When I think back to how I managed to read so many books in a week when my kids were little, I realised that this was because it was before the days of mobile phones. And now they're like another part of our bodies. We can't go anywhere without them. I was lucky enough to be able to spend my spare time engrossed in my love of reading and not trying to take a perfect photo to share over on Instagram, or reading the entire 997 comments on a Facebook argument between Becky and her ex-mother-in-law, although I'm not denying Facebook arguments are fun, especially if you're not involved. Tip number three, another of my favourite go-tos is coffee, and I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but whatever it is you drink, take the time to go and make yourself your favourite drink. Buy yourself a special mug that's just for you, And when you have your drink in it, you know that you're taking five minutes to relax. I honestly don't think I could write without my daily doses of caffeine. And yes, there are lots of people out there who will say that it's bad for you. Honestly, it's not bad for me. You know why? I'm lucky if I get three hours of undisturbed sleep a night. And I've done it since Jamie was born and he's 26 now. I work and I write and I help out with my gorgeous grandkids as much as I can. 
I have my elderly mum to shop for and I basically meet myself coming backwards most days. So if I can sit down and enjoy a decent cup of coffee for five to ten minutes that makes my brain feel as if I can cope with the rest of the day, then I will. It's basically a lifesaver in liquid form. I should probably drink more water. In fact, I should drink a lot more water. So that's something I need to work on. But it just doesn't cut it like a medium latte to go does. How about a soothing mug of herbal tea? And I do occasionally try and drink some, but I'm really not a tea lover. It's not about what you drink. It's about taking the time to go and make yourself something to drink that you love and then spending the time enjoying it. How many times do we drink without even tasting it? I do. I sit at my computer and sip away, not even knowing what I'm drinking most of the time. Which is really when I should have a glass of water next to me. I think I've just solved my own dilemma. Number four. Music is your best friend to lift your mood. And I don't know about you, but I love a good playlist. In fact, I always make a playlist each time I start a new book to get me in the mood. But if you're feeling a bit flat, put on your favourite music and sing along. If there's no one around, stand up and have a boogie. Now, if you're anything like me, I only have to think about doing something strenuous and bugger me, I've pulled a muscle or suddenly developed aches and pains in places I never knew existed. The joys of getting older. But there's nothing to stop you dancing in your chair. Give me a song with a whoop or a shoop doopy doop and I'm in heaven. There's something so uplifting about listening to your favourite songs to get you all high vibing. And if you listen to songs that are all about heartache and breakup and plain old depressing, then you're going to struggle to feel better about yourself. These songs do have their purpose if you're feeling sad and need a good cry. And we all get like that. But if you want to feel better, stick on some 70s, 80s or 90s tunes and have a good old disco disco at your desk or a disco at your disco. Number five, if you're at the delicious stage of writing for your own pleasure without any added pressure of contracts or publishing, then writing is also an amazing form of self-care. And those seagulls, I'm going to strangle them if somebody don't pass me a cup of coffee. It's a chance to escape your everyday life and live in a completely different world that you control. And I think that's why I love it so much. There are some things in my life that are completely out of my control, like my son's disabilities. So when I write, I can create worlds that I do control. And if it's getting too much for my characters, I can draw the line and stop it. Something I wish that someone could do in reality for us. Do you journal or keep a diary? If not, then you should. And the best time to free write is when you first wake up. You can write about your goals and what you're grateful for, what you want to achieve today. Did you dream? Can you remember it? There is something so innately satisfying about buying yourself a special notebook and writing in it by hand. It really is soothing for the mind. Write down three or five things you're grateful for every morning. It doesn't have to be long flowing sentences. Mine this morning literally said, Today, I am so thankful for coffee creativity, family, my readers, my listeners and my friends and that's it. But it just reminds you of what's important and before you ask if is coffee the most important thing in my life I'm thankful for, well I'm just going to leave that one there. Number six, have a spa day or a spa night at home. You don't need to go to an expensive spa although that would be wonderful and I do love a spa. Run yourself a bath using your favourite bubble bath, a bath bomb or essential oils. And if, you're, and if you like living dangerously, throw all f- three in. I can't say three. Me, I make jars of my own bath salt using Epsom salts, rough Himalayan salt, some essential oils, dried rose petals, dried lavender, 
and a couple of chunks of rose quartz. I mix all the ingredients together in a large bowl and then place them into jars. Then to stop the bath getting stuck and clogged up with the lavender and the rose petals, I'll use an organza bag to fill it with the bath salt mixture, add in a chunk of rose quartz and then I place it in the bath. It smells amazing and feels really special whenever I use it. You could light some candles and bathe in the candlelight, which is my favourite, although it's not much good for shaving those legs with if you can't see properly. But this is about relaxing. I love nothing more than a glass of wine in the bath and a good book. Sadly, I don't get the chance to do this as often as I'd like. But when I do, I make the effort and it makes it feel so much more than the usual quick dip in and out of the bath or the shower. Tip number seven. I mentioned vision boards before, but they really are a great way to spend an hour or more either using Pinterest or finding images that represent what you'd love to put on your board. There is something so relaxing about cutting out pictures from magazines to pin, and I love it. Plus, they're a great reminder of why you're doing what you're doing. You can't go wrong with a glue stick and some old magazines. It instantly transports you back to art class at school, and when the most challenging thing you had was peeling the PVA glue off your fingertips. Number eight, read for pleasure. And if you're strapped for time, listen to audiobooks. I'm rarely seen without my earbuds in because I love nothing more than reading and learning. If I want to totally switch off from my writing or life, I push them in and listen to a book or a podcast. It's so amazing, I couldn't even tell you what songs are popular at the moment because even in the car I listen to books and podcasts instead of the radio. There is something so satisfying about losing yourself in another world. But you already know that, otherwise you won't be a writer yourself. I think we sometimes get so busy trying to produce our own stories that we forget just how pleasurable it is to switch off and listen to someone else's. My favourite audiobooks have been some of the older classics, Hill House by Shirley Jackson, The Haunting of Hell House by Richard Matheson, The Silence of the Lambs by Thomas and not Robert Harris, and It by Stephen King. These are all books I read years and years ago, but I wanted to reread again, but didn't have the time. So it's great that I've been able to wash the pots or peg the washing out. Even whilst I'm working from home for my day job, I've been able to listen to an audio book and I highly recommend it. Number nine, meet a friend for coffee and a chat. Is there anything better than putting the world to rights with someone who makes you laugh and wants nothing more from you than a regular coffee meeting to mourn about your other halves, kids, families, work. And if you don't live near each other, you can arrange a call on the phone or if you're brave enough for a FaceTime or a Messenger or a Zoom. It's just nice to be able to switch off and let it go. Number 10, find a different hobby or a project that lights you up. During the first lockdown, I signed up to do an online beginner's candle making course. And I bloody loved it. It was so easy to follow and so enjoyable. There is something really magical about creating something from scratch, not to mention mind soothing. I'll find the links to the course and post them in the show notes in case you're interested. But it's run by a lovely woman called Jo McFarlane, who also makes the most beautiful smelling candles. And it took a fair few attempts for me to produce a candle that burnt. (laughs) It's a lot more complicated than you would think. But that's all part of the fun. I was never going to produce a candle worthy of being sold in Selfridges after a couple of attempts, but now I can knock up a half-decent candle that smells divine and it, I, it makes me feel so satisfied that it's something I have produced. There are so many other hobbies as well. So find something that you like to do that makes you feel happy when, when the writing's getting a little bit too intense. 
it's such a good way of finding pleasure elsewhere. And whilst you're painting, upcycling, sewing, knitting, baking, or doing anything you enjoy, you'll find that those pesky plot points that have been driving you crazy will sort themselves out whilst you're not concentrating too hard on them. A couple of times I've had to grab a pen in the middle of stirring my hot wax because an idea has come to me that I couldn't not write down. So I hope you've found some of these useful. Maybe they've inspired you to find somewhere to relax that you enjoy. You do need to take care of yourself because at the end of the day, no one will do it for you. You owe it to yourself to nurture, nourish and find pleasure and passion in life in as many ways as you can. So let me know what you enjoy over on the Facebook or the Instagram page. Is there something you do to switch off that you'd like to share with others? Don't be shy. It's always so great to hear from you. Have a fabulous week. Take care of yourself. And of course, get writing. Even if it's just a few lines in a journal. Every little helps. If you'd like to check out my credentials to see if I know what I'm talking about, then head over to my Amazon page. And if you'd like to join a community of like-minded creatives, then head over to the Unleash Your Creative Magic Facebook group. I'll paste the links in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. I honestly can't wait to speak to you in the next episode, where I'll dive into the process of how I wrote my first book. Until next time, take care.